Welcome everybody to this segment of our Industry Influencers podcast series. And I'm really thrilled today to have Dave and Abby on the call with me from Deloitte, part of our strategic partnership with Deloitte. We're really focused in on some things in the insurance industry, and we're going to have a really fascinating conversation today, specifically around group and benefits. So Dave and Abby, welcome. Thank you, Denise. Why don't you both give a little bit of a background on yourself? Dave, if you could kind of talk about Deloitte and our strategic partnership first, that would be great. So why don't you go ahead, Dave? So my name is Dave Schmitz. I've been doing insurance operations technology work for north of 35 years now, and I actually do it across lines of business. So I get to see how things work, where there are strengths and weaknesses across the the different lines between, you know, life annuities, reinsurance, you know, PNC and and group. With regards to Majesco, we've had a relationship with Majesco that goes back probably 20 years at this point. Uh, more recently in the last eight years, we've been doing a lot of work where uh, we're working jointly side by side on, on implementation of clients, as well as uh, helping them in client implementations and, and also starting to roll into more of an, a systems integrated flavor uh, in our support of Majesco. Abby? Hi, Denise. Uh, nice to be here. Uh, Abby Bakre. I'm also a leader within Deloitte's uh, insurance practice. My focus early on in my career was more banking capital markets. And over the last probably eight or nine years, I've just solely focused on group and life carriers, really helping them architect transformations, really leveraging you know, technology to drive you know, strategic growth, transforming how they operate and really helping them create that value for the customers they serve. So uh, happy to be here. Great. For the audience, Dave and I've known each other for quite some time. And uh, it's been fun to, as each of us have traveled this path of insurance, kind of see how things have changed over the years. And it's been a pleasure getting to know you, Abby. One of the things that I wanted to talk about that we've been spending a lot of time talking about as we're looking at some kind of joint go-to-market opportunities is what are the market forces facing the group and voluntary benefit insurance market? And what are insurers required to kind of look at this differently in defining a comprehensive strategic response rather than, you know, probably what they've been doing probably for the last 10 or 20 years, which is much more of a tactical operational focus? Yeah, Denise, I'll, I'll give you a, uh, what I'll call a pre-COVID view of that, right? Because I think there's a pre-COVID and a, and a post-COVID view of the world. Uh, from a, a pre-COVID perspective, uh, some of the things that they were facing, uh, you know, from a competitive perspective, there's a lot of M&A going on, uh, both in the carrier market and the broker market. And in the broker market, that was creating more concentration in terms of and more power in the, in the hands of the, the brokers. And I think there was also a lot going on, or, and it still is going on, around, around the ecosystem domain and how you play with all the different participants in, in the overall value chain. Buyers were you know, front and center in terms of the, you know, the diversity and empowerment that uh, customers are getting and how that's impacting uh, the experience expectations that, that, that they have. The changes in work, which has only been accelerated by COVID. And, and share of wallets always been a challenge for group in terms of as healthcare costs continue to rise, trying to get uh, the non-health side appropriate, you know, share of wallet. From a innovations perspective, I, I think you know, and this is based on our benchmarking work. We do a pretty extensive benchmarking yeah, study every, every few years. And, you know, the, the data modernization going on in the group space is still in initial stages across most carriers. And the ability to use that data and, and really drive analytics into the business 
is limited by the where they're at in that data modernization journey. So I think that's another focus area. And then if you look at, at the insure techs, right? There, there's some, what was it? I think there was 12 billion, you know, invested in the last few years in, in insure techs. So lots of, you know, new things coming to the market, lots of new players coming to the market, uh, lots of potential partners in the market, not to mention potential new entrants. Uh, so I'll pause there. And, and Abby, do you have any things you might want to add to that? Yeah, I think I think on the ecosystem side, you know, that continues to be one of the most strategic focus, as Dave sort of, you know, alluded. Uh, group is an inter- interesting industry because it's really an ecosystem uh, from your HRIs, HCM, payroll, to Ben admin platforms and enrollers. And from a carrier vantage point, how do you build the right set of, you know, digital connections uh, that drive that uh, efficiency? So, we, we continue to see a lot of emphasis and focus and investments within that space as carriers, you know, try to uh, go after that uh, greater share of wallet, if you will. And one thing probably, you know, they was getting to or did not get to the regulatory landscape, right? So that continues to evolve. If you look at, you know, pretty much, you know, 50 states, um, there is already a regulation or are in the process of, you know, uh, regulating more paid family leaves, paid disability leaves, and those sort of laws that now now the employers have to comply with, right? And how are you going to sort of you know, manage that both at the federal, state, or jurisdictional level is going to be challenging uh, in, in terms of uh, not just the payments, but also the operations and exchange of data and, and doing the offset calculation, right? And, and still driving that experience that is, you know, empathy driven uh, in moments that matter for a customer who might be struggling with something, right? So so that continues to evolve in the market uh, and then data privacy uh, continues to be uh, top of the mind. And what's interesting these days around innovation is there is some regulation that's starting to creep up, which is, uh, is going to be interesting to watch how, how that plays out. Yeah. So Dave, you kind of were hitting on an area, you know, where we often talk about kind of true group and then voluntary benefits and voluntary benefits has really been in a product area that has really seen some growth and growth from the standpoint of more employers wanting to offer voluntary benefits, possibly a different kind of demographic of the, of the next generation workforce and, or because it's a way that they can try to retain uh, existing customers or existing employees in a, in a different way, in a really cost-effective way. And I think coming out of COVID, you said, you know, about COVID is that I think there's an increased interest now, particularly around some of the voluntary benefit products that people maybe didn't have pre-COVID that now they're taking a reconsideration for. You got want to kind of talk a little bit about that? Sure. And, you know, I'll, I'll take COVID even a little more broadly because, you know, when I look at, at recessions, let's go back to, you know, 2008, 2010, the, the last big recession, it, it was a much more, you know, I'll call it consistent recession across the economy. And mm-hmm. with COVID, it was much more uneven, right? You had, you know, very specific impacts in, in, in certain industries and in certain geographies, much more than others. It was very uneven. And the recovery we're seeing is uneven also. And so that's created a, a different dynamic. And depending on you know, what products you are offering, what clients you focus on, you know, carriers were impacted differently by that. Um, and just all those factors we went over a, a little bit ago were impacted by COVID too. And I'll get into the voluntary piece too, but 
just um, when I was talking about the the M and A activity that was going on. Mm -hmm. Well, that slowed down a lot with COVID, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, the broker consolidations, uh, the the same thing, and and the volume of quoting activity diminished significantly. People were like, okay, not going to mess with that. Fewer face to face meetings, not as much switching going on. You know, in terms of customer expectations, you know, we were talking about how you know the diversity and uh, you know, requiring perhaps greater focus on, you know, your, your customer and what they're looking for, more personalization. Well, with now COVID, all of a sudden the digitization expectations just went through the roof for everyone. And even from a future of work perspective, I think it accelerated that in terms of, you know, kind of changing how some things are defined. Um, like, you know, okay, so what is work, right? <laughs> when you're working from home. So, so I think there were a lot of impacts Abby was talking a minute ago about uh, data privacy and security. Fact is that the more you're pushing online, all of a sudden data privacy security becomes even more important uh, and more of a risk based on the volume. And, and you know, even with everybody's workforce is working remotely and, and the data and, and privacy and security risks there. So COVID had, you know, a huge amount of risks and changes to what were driving the economy you know, a year ago and how those have shifted. And, and then the question is how will those shift back, you know, going forward, you know, move to voluntary, I think is a function of a few things. I mean, one of it is cost shifting. Employers have been, you know, over, you know, the last, it's been a trend for, for years, trying to um, shift some of the burden of, of benefits costs. And that it, it'll be interesting to see whether that continues or, you know, who knows, could COVID actually reverse that a little bit where, where benefits are now uh, considered even more important and more of something that employers want to invest in for their employees based on, on the dynamics of, of the market. Regardless, I think there's still, you know, more and more potential movement towards the, the gig type of economy and gig type of work, which uh, would, would foster more voluntary benefits kinds of opportunities. Everybody is investing in it. Everybody's putting it out there. But when you look at it as a percentage of the overall market, it's still a relatively small percentage of the overall market. But profitable, though. <laughs> Very profitable. Yes, yeah, that, that's true. So. <laughs> Very profitable. Yeah. Profitable and, and fast growing. But, you know, fast growing on, you know, we were working with a client recently where they're, they're looking at, you know, you know, double digit growth in that area. But a 2% growth on their current book, you know, dwarfs, you know, 30% growth in in a very small area. So, you know, part of it is putting the right amount of focus on it um, in the context of, of the broader business. Yeah, I was just last week, I was uh, hosting our annual group insurance CIO forum that's attended by pretty much, you know, top 20, you know, carriers. And there was an interesting concept, you know, that was coined, they called it the last mile. And what that really meant was from a sales standpoint, as you're looking to close, and, and an opportunity, right? Um, how do you make sure the infrastructure is there, especially because some of the brokers are very regional, part of load in terms of as basic as Wi-Fi, you know, and as they're closing deals, you know, how do you go about when you cannot sort of, you know, meet the persons, right? Like, you know, how do you, how do you go about closing, uh, closing that deal? That was very interesting to me you know, as we, as we talk about, in the middle of COVID or post-COVID to some extent um, about sort of an acceleration around um, digital transformation initiatives, uh, everything going online, but even some of the basic things and how, how they were hurt and like uh, how that affected the uh, business. 
in terms of the other question around voluntary um that that will continue we've been saying that that will continue to sort of in you know, employers push more towards the employees we've seen that over the last 10 years uh, of course you know um, that there is a broader discussion around you know what other voluntary products you can offer right like pet insurance mm-hmm. as an example or really for student loans as an example and ultimately you know it drives down to how do i access that customer or that end employee because this is a b2 b2 b2c market right the access to that data and and the access to platforms and the customer hubs where the where the employees uh, interact with the employer or the uh, insurer you know how do you gain control and be able to sell more voluntary products um, that's that's going to be uh, interesting space again to watch and see how that evolves and technology obviously will continue to play a big role within that as well and even keep them as a customer if if they decide to leave the place of employment and decide they want to keep that that insurance from a portability standpoint because the the customer cost acquisition is significantly less than yep and then you're getting into a completely different territory altogether right because that mm-hmm. is where now you're transitioning from sort of another you know, group construct into more like you know individual construct yep. um and even more important on the life side right because that model that pricing is very much driven by the you know, individual himself or herself right how, how do you then price that uh, effectively and then then there is a lot of disruption just going on in life as yep. well the other aspect we didn't talk about is what is the impact on on the business of of covid and i think there were you know multiple different you know aspects to them what one of them is uh you know access to medical professionals right was significantly restricted for a good period of time and think about you know medical underwriting or uh, you know disability case management and and the lack of that access to doctors and and what that had to do with it in terms of you know loss ratios around life picked up and you know with the big surge uh, the second wave you know probably picked up some more in the you know fourth quarter first quarter of this year uh disability usually lags these kind of bubbles and so we expect that to be showing a little bit more increase um dental on the other hand was the opposite right because no one was going to the mm-hmm. dentist <laughs> so yeah. had, had a big reduction or a big improvement i should say in results there but that could have impacts too where uh, going forward people look at it and say well i want you know a minimum loss ratio in my in my book to make sure that something like this happens again my people aren't overpaying as an example and so just from an operations perspective you know forgetting the fact that you're moving everybody remote having to learn how to work and and operate your your entire organization remotely uh i think there are a lot of business impacts on the outcome side of, of group business too and that really kind of gets into an area that we've been talking about is really that how do insurers begin to kind of reevaluate their overall business operating model and one of the concepts you guys have come up with is this concept of respond recover and thrive really kind of coming out of covid kind of talk a little bit more about that in terms of how you're seeing insurers reevaluate that business operating model what does that really mean abby do you want to pounce on that one i know operating model is one of your passions sure so few few different things right uh, denise i i mentioned earlier there was a continued focus on digital and digital to me is beyond just your sort of you know your portals and your ui right full scale digital transformation sort of is front to back all obviously hitting 
all aspects of your value chain, especially, you know, your backend sort of, you know, core operations itself. So that accelerated, right? Uh, in the absence of in-person visits, because really insurers uh, traditionally have, you know, underinvested or were in the process of investing. So that has, you know, accelerated, you know, those investments. And now they're forced to think things around, you know, how do you operate digitally? that also have issues around, okay, in my current world where I'm still um, encumbered by, you know, sort of, you know, old co-operations and technology landscape uh, as I I move towards a new sort of, you know, digital operating model, how do I change my thinking and ways of working uh, from the old to new? How do I think about those core chassis you know, platform implementations in a manner that doesn't disrupt my existing business, but also how do I grow that greenfield in a much more, you know, thoughtful and a scalable manner? And how do I move people over, right? Mm -hmm. And how do I increase the staff and the ramp up of the folks, right? How do I migrate my customers onto, onto that new, new chassis? And what does that mean from a sales standpoint? What does that mean to a distribution standpoint? If you look at brokers, you know, they, they obviously don't want to change anything that is not broken. So how do I still incentivize them to, to move to the new platforms, right? So a lot to unpack there, a um, lot to talk about. Would love to, you know, if you, if you have any specific topic area that you want to dive into, happy to um, go down. But it's really um, operating model is everything, you know, from your strategy to products to operations to technology and then talent itself, right? And that collectively, collective internal ecosystem sort of defines how you operate in the market. Nice, a nice little topic. And to go back to the <laughs> the you know the model you were talking about, Denise, with you know, respond, recover, thrive. Yeah. And respond. It was actually surprising, I think, how well the group insurers were able to react and be able to operate relatively seamlessly in short order in, in the remote world. Talking to so many of the carriers, they they were able to adapt fairly quickly. There were some hiccups here and there overall. I think they were all very pleased with their ability to do that. It's I think been, across the board, the in- industry yeah. overall really was able to, which I think surprised a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and one key point over there to note is, you know, some carriers are probably most of our clients. There was also sort of, you know, moral question um, associated with it. And like, you know, if you're going on a disability with COVID, so you see, lot of employees increasing coverage, right? Because if, if you look at, you know, your traditional sort of disability and what it covers, like, you know, who thought like COVID now, it, right? Uh, so they did sort of, you know, offer sort of relief and they did offer payments and benefits, which was the right thing to do, even when sort of, you know, the coverage wasn't there, right? So that was heartwarming to see just as an industry uh, standpoint. Yep, Absolutely. And then when we move on to recover and thrive, which are, you know, two different flavors of the same thing in, in my mind, it's really reacting to uh, some of the acceleration that happened. And I, I think that acceleration uh-huh. happened in, in probably three different places. One, one was around, you know, customer expectations and the digital experience. And that's whether it's, you know, broker, or, you know, your distribution channel or, or your employers or employees, everybody's looking for that digitization and that little, little fire under everybody in terms of, you know, both short-term and long-term, um, how do we get there? Uh, the change in, in the workforce and people working at home and the amount of, of gig work that will or will not, uh, you know, persist. And I think I referenced it before, you know, the definition of work. What is the definition of work uh, when you're working at home? Uh, some of the 
contracts might need to now take a look at that in terms of how that's defined. I'm taking a break at, at the house and I trip down the stairs. Is that a work accident? Right? Uh-huh. <laughs> a lot of questions. And, and I think the other one is around trying to uh, recognition uh, in terms of some of the technology gaps they have. And the emphasis on some of these hasn't changed. I think, uh, you know, the, the working on the ecosystem that, that work has never stopped. I don't think anybody blink. Everybody's still working on trying to interconnect with the ecosystem. But I think it's, it's pushed people to figure out how to better digitize, how to better use data, how to improve the security. You know, it's accelerated things that were to a certain extent in process already and made them more important. The only area where they've probably been saved a little bit is probably with new entrants to the market, I think, in this kind of True. environment it's probably limited the, the threat of people coming in from the outside. Uh, um, I just haven't seen as much of that and I, it doesn't shock me given, given the environment. So just, just on that previous you know, note that Dave mentioned I, and all of this, right? Like, and, and just if you look at like overall industry, like over the last you know, few years, um, that there have been you know, cost pressures already, right? From an operating operation standpoint. And, you know, the, the biggest question as we talk to, you know, clients that they're grappling with, okay, acceleration of digital transformation. Okay, that does mean uh, investment, right? Um, that means infusion of capital into, you know, some strategic initiatives, whether that's, you know, uh, core modernization uh, or, um, you know, other, other sort of, you know, major initiatives. How do you still continue to do that when, when the cost pressures are continuing to mount, right? So that's going to be uh, a, a very um, key uh, issue um, that they will continue to grapple with, um, you know, uh, how, how in, in, the, in the high pressure cost reduction environment, how do I still sort of make those investments and drive that digitization? So that, that will be um, something that they'll grapple with. In, yeah, in I think I think instead of Dave, to your point of new kind of startups coming into the market or new entrants into the market, what seems to be happening is a little bit of a double down in, in investment in some of the existing ones that, you know, have been emerging in the market. I, I just think it was today or yesterday, Beam Dental, um, you know, that digital first dental insurer, they secured another 80 million in funding, a new series. I think there's, there's a maturity of some of those um, business models that enter into the market that may be accelerating as a result of COVID, kind of back to your your point about thriving post-COVID. Yeah, good point. Good example. Yeah. So thanks for joining us here on part one with Dave and Abby. And I look forward to part two of the conversation with Dave and Abby. It will be another fascinating take on what is happening in the LNA group and uh, voluntary benefit space. Look forward to seeing you on part two.